hello, I'm glad you're back. This is JC again with um, the You Made New podcast. We're going to really have some fun with this episode and make some analogies that I hope will stick and I hope will actually really resonate with you and, and get you thinking on a deeper level. I know I gave it kind of an odd title. If you looked at the title, you may have thought, what in the world is she going to be talking about? What's your bondage? Like, I just need to lose some weight. Like, what is this whole bondage thing? Or I, I just need to clean up my eating. Or I just need, <laughs> you may have thought it has nothing to do with bondage. I, I don't get where she's going. Hopefully you will. By the end of this, you'll see exactly where I'm going. And maybe even um, start the dialogue with friends, loved ones, others about what this bondage can look like, how it is very real. And how we get out. I'm going to start with a quote, um, kind of to kick off this whole episode that I used, I think it was in the body image class. I have used it so many times that it's hard to, to keep track, but it comes from a wonderful book by Regina Franklin called who it's who calls me beautiful. And this quote is eye opening. If you don't see yourself at least a little bit in this quote, I'll be, I'll be shocked, but let me just throw it out there and then we'll talk about it for a minute. Again, she, she's focusing on the quote on women. If you're a guy, don't, please don't stress about it. Just, it goes for both. It really does. But it, the language is, is geared toward women. Here's what she says. Different women, different rituals, the same desire, acceptance, acceptance from others and from self. The woman who spins endlessly in the cycle of fad dieting in search of the perfect figure. The woman who needs expensive jewelry to feel priceless. The woman who weighs herself before and after going to the bathroom in hopes that the numbers will change. The woman who believes she is only as good as she looks. The woman who obsesses over everything she eats, calculating the calories and fat with each bite. The woman who changes her hair color to match her mood as, if, as she searches for the look that makes her feel comfortable with herself. The woman who takes diet pills to lose just a few more pounds. The woman who cannot go in public without makeup because she feels too vulnerable. The woman who cannot eat at public gatherings out of fear that others will judge what she eats. The woman who cannot miss a workout at the gym and who berates herself if she shortens her time on the treadmill. The woman who binges and purges, desperately seeking to control not only her weight, but also her life. Different women, different rituals, the same bondage, unhappy, powerless, and enslaved. Unquote. That is the end. Isn't that profound? I'm guessing even if you didn't see yourself in one of those examples, I'm guessing the minute I start to frame it that way, you know exactly where you are in bondage, where you are stuck in a behavior that you may, may not even see as bondage, as chains, as captivity. You just do it over and over. You do it compulsively. You do it because you just can't seem to help yourself. Boy, I relate to this. So, not just one of the things she said, many of the examples spoke to me. The insecurity without makeup, the getting on the scale at different times, hoping the numbers will change, 
the, the endless cycle of fad dieting in search of something I had never achieved. Just desperately seeking, seeking to control this area of my life and just throwing myself into repeated behaviors that I truly believed would make a change, but they just turned into bondage. Again, we probably don't call it that. That's why I've, I said in the first episode, we're going to a deeper level because when we live in our conscious mind, we're just like, you know what? Yeah, I just do that a lot. It's this weird quirky thing I do. I don't know why I do that. I don't know why I get on the scale 10 times a day. I just kind of have this thing. Like we're really good at um, lessening the seriousness of some of these obsessive or compulsive behaviors that, that we have. And the sad part is we, we not only, maybe are we aware of the behavior, but we are, we're never willing to really look at what's driving it, right? To look underneath the surface at why I won't answer the door when I don't have my makeup on. Oh no, I don't care if it's the post office. I don't care if it's the mailman, the UPS guy, that door is not opening because of the insecurity I feel. I just won't do it or whatever, whatever your example is. We, we don't really ask ourselves, wait a second, wait a second. Where did this bondage come from? Why do I, why do I do that? What's my motivation? I think a lot of it, as we begin to ask ourselves, will go back to the beliefs that we've, um, assimilated from our culture on what's acceptable, what's valuable, what, will get you rejected very fast. And so we're compulsive about matching ourselves in a way that like Regina Franklin said in the quote, will give us acceptance. We'll find acceptance from others and acceptance from ourselves. We're just stuck in these chains because we have to have it. And there's only one way to get it. It's the way our culture has told us to get it. And so we do these things over and over and over, never calling them bondage, but we're stuck. You know, it may even be, as I read that quote, that you ended up a little confused. Like, huh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I've never looked at it that way. So I don't, I don't think I have any chains or any bondage. I don't live in bondage. But I would challenge you to maybe take a couple of days or even a week and watch yourself. Watch, um your compulsive behaviors, repeated behaviors. Watch what brings up insecurity in you. When does the insecurity rise up? Um, what are the things that keep you in a repeated pattern of insecurity or, or shame or whatever? I, and then let's, let's go an even deeper layer. And because this is a gospel centered approach, I would suggest if you're still wondering if it, it didn't immediately come to mind when I read that quote, what your bondage is, pray about it for a few days. Maybe just ask the good Lord to show you what's going on under the service that you may not even see. I, I want to use a funny example, but I think it'll stick in your head because it's a story almost all of us know. Um, we're going to use the example of Rapunzel in the movie Tangled. Now, I used to use this in my classes a lot because I just assumed everyone had seen that movie. I did teach a class once where some people raised their hand and said, no, they'd never seen a Disney movie. I about fainted. But if you haven't seen the movie Rapun or movie Tangled, forgive me, 
hopefully I'll tell the story well enough you'll understand what's going on. And by the way, if you haven't, it's one of my top 10. I adore this movie. And there is so much gospel symbolism in, in this movie, which is a story for another time. But let's think for a minute about where we first meet Rapunzel in the beginning of the movie. She's in a tower all by herself. Well, her mother lives there, but in the first scene, she's there. She doesn't like being there. We learn very quickly. She has big dreams about leaving the tower. But she stays. She sings a cute little song about all the fun stuff she does in the tower. But really, you can see very quickly the longing her for her, of her heart is not to stay. Now, the odd thing is, we learn later in the movie, she can get out. She just gets herself out. When Eugene comes and, and d convinces her, she just throws her hair, comes right down. She can get out of the tower. That window is not barred. She doesn't have chains on her arms in the beginning. Why does she stay? If she can get out and if her heart is longing to get out, why is she staying in that miserable tower, brushing her hair and being bored and not happy? If she can go, why doesn't she go? This parallels our lives in so many ways. I'm going to suggest when it comes to the word world of body image, body hatred, weight issues, dieting, compulsive issues with food, all of it. Wish I could think of one word to wrap all that up. There's just so many elements. I keep going through the list. I know that, but I'm going to suggest it's trapped us in a tower. We're living in a tower and we can leave anytime we want. We just aren't doing it. We're staying in our world of bondage and singing cute little songs and acting like everything is fine. When deep in our heart, we do long for something more. We just aren't leaving our towers. Now, the key then is, is to answer that question. Why didn't she leave? It was all because of Gothel, mother Gothel, who had kidnapped her as a child and had both convinced her number one, that she was her mother. She wasn't. And number two, that the outside world was a scary place. There's this cute song on that. And so Rapunzel was so influenced by these lies that that's all it took to get her to stay put. She thinks she needed to obey her mom and that she'd be in danger if she left. And so no bars on the window needed. Rapunzel believed Gothel's lies, so she stayed. So I need to ask, how many of our lives um, are, are, how many of the things that we do, the things that have brought us into bondage in a certain area, are based on lies from our culture, from the adversary? from any sort kind of source. We talk about these lies in body image breakthrough. It's a hard question to answer because just like Rapunzel, she did not know that she'd been lied to. That's the very nature of a lie is it's deceptive. She didn't know she'd been lied to. She did not understand that the whole foundation of her life was based on lies. So she stayed in the tower because she didn't see the lies for what they were. How many times, again, I'm going to keep using basic examples. If it doesn't apply to you, find one that does. But what about the basic lie that you need to be incredibly thin to be valued as a woman? If I believe that just that one core lie, 
How much bondage is that going to bring me into? All the way to the point of anorexia. Um, to living in a continual cloud of shame or insecurity. Like, uh, how much is that one simple lie going to influence and have this ripple effect in my life? Especially, most importantly, if I don't see it for the lie that it is. I'm stuck in a tower just as much as she was. I can leave too. But I don't because I'm so convinced that I really am on the right path, that I'm on the path to happiness. If I could just be a smaller size, all my problems will be fixed. All my, my insecurity, all the rejection, I'll finally find someone to love me. It could be so multi-layered. Can you see how this isn't even something that I can give an example for every possibility? This has to be something that we take to the Lord. And begin to ask him, am I living in a tower? Is it based on lies? What are the lies I've been believing that have kept me in this compulsive place where I've tried to chase what I thought was happiness? It's never led there. It's made my insecurity worse and my sense of failure and not enough. What lies have I been believing? See, the best part about Rapunzel's story, what absolutely makes my heart just about want to jump out of my chest is the parallel that Rapunzel did have a rescuer who showed up in her tower and began to introduce the idea to her. Granted, it it worked out a little different, but Eugene was the one that would join her in showing her the path to find out who she really was. He was her rescuer in a sense. And we also have a rescuer rescuer who wants very much to see us leave our towers. It's almost like I think the Lord sometimes says, guys, there's not even bars on the windows. Anytime you want, you can leave this world of body image hatred, of food um, disordered eating, of complicated insecurity, all of this self-loathing and self-condemnation. You don't have to stay in this place. And just like Eugene, he begins to invite us. Well, that's not exactly what Eugene did, but you get the idea to go on a journey, to find a new truth. In fact, think about the closing scene, scenes of Tangled. And if you haven't seen it, please forgive me. Spoiler alert. I thought, I really have thought everybody's seen it by now. So if you haven't, all right, turn it off. Turn this off, go watch it, and then come back and listen to this. In the closing scenes, when Gothel has her um, captive once again, she's gone back. She had been free from the lies, right? She had left the tower, but more lies were spun by Mother Gothel, and she went right back to her bondage. And so Eugene comes, tries to set her free. And what is he willing to do? He, he can use the power. Gothel has stabbed him. He's dying. He can use the power of her hair to save himself. But he cuts off her hair. He is willing to die so she can be free. If that is not a picture of our sweet Savior and his willingness to give his life for our freedom, it gets me every time I watch that movie. 
He doesn't want us in our chains to live a life in bondage like this, stuck in these places of misery. He's given his life already so we can be free. It's just we don't realize it's in this part of our lives too. <laughs> he, he wants to show us the way. And, and we just have to be willing to go and to let him. Now, the other part about the story, as we begin to talk about bondage and moving to a new place, look at that, look at Rapunzel's story and how um, it wasn't just an easy walk out of the tower, walk into a new life, boom, done, easy, fixed, set. It was tough. She has this scene right when she comes out of the tower where she kind of goes back and forth. She's so excited to begin to be free. That she's screaming and hooping and hollering and swinging around the trees. But Mother Gothel's lies every once in a while consume her. And again, she, she throws herself down and says, I'm a terrible human being. I can't do this. The old lies reemerge. And it's a bit of a battle back and forth, back and forth. That's definitely what happened to me. I'd lived by those lies for so long that breaking free from them, even with Christ's help, took a little while. Of going back and forth, for instance, for his whisperings to say, JC, it's okay to be a 12. It's okay to be a size 12. It's what I created you to be. Some days I was swinging around the trees thinking, that feels so good to finally embrace that. Other days, I'd go try something on in the fitting room and have a meltdown. I was like Rapunzel right at the beginning, but she didn't stay in that place, did she? By the end of the movies, the movie, could the lies hold her captive anymore? She saw through them. She could see them for what they were, and the game was over. She would never be back in that tower again. In fact, I get emotional again when the scene, when she comes out from the curtain, grabs Gothel's arm and says, you were wrong about the world, and you were wrong about me. Oh, if that isn't the place that we need to get to in our lives where we're looking at the adversary or our culture, our society from voices that have told us we're not enough, we're, we'll never be attractive or worthy or whatever. To be able to get to the place where we finally say, through the grace of Jesus Christ, you were wrong about the world. You were wrong about me. He is teaching me to see myself with new eyes. She was a queen Gothel, or excuse me, Rapunzel. She was the child of a king and queen, as we are. The way out of our bondage is to allow the Lord to give us new eyes. Not just to see the lies we've been believing. Yes, that's the first step. But once those lies begin to lose their power, he will introduce the truth that needs to live in place of those lies. The truth of who we are. The truth of our true beauty in him. The truth of what we need to pursue and, and a way to find security and peace in him, not in having our makeup on, not in being a certain size, not in finally reaching that number on the scale. That's not where the security comes from. It's through him alone. I hope this little analogy, I know I've just kind of thrown that out at you. I hope it's got you thinking. I really do. I want very much for all of us to assess our bondage and to see where it is that we've been living in towers that we can walk out of any minute if we'll just join our hands with Christ and allow him to take us to a new world of freedom. 
enjoy studying that, thinking about that. Come back for episode three and we'll kind of tag team on this and go a little bit further. Thanks so much for joining me.